Well, hello, and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Um, I don't really have a lot of time for critics. Um, I'm sorry about that, critics, if you're listening, but I just don't. But there have been a few in my life that have been really uh, inspirational and people who I've turned to regularly. One of those is this week's sponsor, Robert Hughes, the art critic, writer and television presenter and also presenter of the programme, writer of the book, Shock of the New, which absolutely changed my thinking and my understanding, I suppose really, of the visual arts. A determined soul will do more with a rusty monkey wrench than a loafer will accomplish with all the tools in a machine shop. Robert Hughes said that. Um, I've also uh, been, I suppose, obsessed uh, throughout my life with US politics, which may seem slightly strange, bearing in mind I've always been very much UK-based, but I have lived and worked in the States pretty much uh, on and off since the... Um, since the late 1980s. But it was Watergate when I was eight years old that um, really kind of uh, began my interest, sparked my interest, I suppose. The politics of America seemed so glamorous, so corrupt, that it kind of uh, drew me in. And because of that, certainly since Trump took office, I've been absolutely uh, intrigued and hooked to everything that's been going on. Therefore, in the last week, um, with the impeachment inquiries now being able to be accessed live, which I've which has <laughs> been taking up a lot of my time, I have to say, um, I've been drawn into that, and I couldn't help but notice um, as the diplomat uh, uh, William Taylor and State Department official George Kent took their seats in the House on the day of the first day of the impeachment hearings to begin their public testimony, that their entry was heralded by a noisy repetitive, excuse me, repetitive, if I can even say it, a chatter of shutter releases as attendant photographers shot off hundreds of continuous frames on their long lens Canons and Nikon DSLRs. But there was one man that stood alone for me among the fray. It was David Burnett, a multi-award winning photographer and co-founder of Contact Press Images uh, and an absolute enthusiast for large format film cameras and, and capture. He needed to get close to the action because he was working at that first uh, impeachment with his Aero Liberator. Uh, a custom-made camera which takes 4x5 film limited to about one frame every five or six seconds at best. It'll be interesting to see, I think, if his images of the event become uh, as lasting historic images um, of such an historic event. Um, I very rarely talk about cameras. In fact, I, I don't talk about cameras. But that's just one time that I have. What we do talk about on this podcast a lot is we talk about context. And in the last week, there seems to be a lot of awards being handed out. Awards for people. And I'm going to be, I'm maybe, I'm not in any way bitter. I don't, I've, I've been lucky enough to have received a few awards in my time. And I've been very grateful for that kind of recognition. But anyway, um, there are a few awards being handed out this past week. Um, some of which, I suppose, 
are a good thing. They're a recognition of um, commitment. They're a recognition of longevity, most often, I find, with awards. Um, but also, there's always a tendency of backslapping that idea of giving an award to somebody just for doing their job. It's not a contentious thing here, because a few years ago, I raised this point with uh, somebody who was a head of a gallery getting an award and was um, blocked from the uh, particular gallery's uh, Twitter feed and remained blocked, I think, approximately three or four years later. Well, there you go. Maybe it's um, a rather a sensitive issue for some of these people who get awards for doing their job. And when I mean, well, what I mean by that is people who are working within the photographic community, within the photographic industry, and who have relatively well-paid salaries um, to fulfill a series of tasks. And um, the particular gallery owner I was talking about was actually at a, a taxpayers-funded gallery, which, I, which made me even more angry, I suppose, that such a person for just doing their job gets recognised with an award which can have um, a very positive effect on that person's career going forward. I know I'm not being naive. I understand the lure of ego. But I think that the reality uh, here is what, what I'm talking about, really, is to be aware of such awards which are being handed out on the basis of creating relationships between one organisation and another organisation, one association and another association. And also that handing out of awards when one particular kind of an association is trying to rebrand itself or um, be seen as, as being kind of moving forward and forward thinking and therefore the quickest and easiest way of doing that is to hand out some awards to some of the photographers who they feel they need to be associated with, but perhaps aren't actually associated with. So it becomes award as branding exercise. I'm not bitter about it. I don't have a problem with it, but I do think it's important to understand it and to actually kind of question um, when these awards are handed out. Because there are an awful lot of people out there doing an awful lot of good work without, without financial reward, just doing it because they feel they need to do it. And guess what? None of them got an award in the last week. This week, um, welcoming to our regular strand, um, what does photography mean to me, to you? is uh, a photographer, um, Makiko, uh, and she's a, a photographer and author who has lived, studied and worked in Japan, France, North America, Switzerland and the UK. I think she's currently in the UK, actually. She studied photography at the International Centre of Photography in New York, and since 2006, her work has been exhibited in Japan, North America and Europe. In 2014, she published her first documentary photography book, beautifully different in collaboration with Dr. Lander, a professor in psychiatry uh, at the John Hopkins School of Medicine in the US. In 2016, that book was republished um, by a Tokyo publisher for the Japanese market. And her solo exhibition titled Paradise Revisited, a, trap, a trip sorry, back to a childhood on Gun, uh, Gunkanjima, was held at the London School of Economics. Three images from the exhibition are on permanent display at the Gunkanjima Museum, Nagasaki, Japan. And in 2017, 
she exhibited her work Trails to Prayer, a spiritual journey to the uninhabited island of Nazaki in collaboration with the town of Ojika, Nagasaki, Japan. And a compilation of work was shown titled Makiko as part of the Recontre d'Al Voices Off. Apologies for my French. In the same year, images from her project Lunchboxes 365 were exhibited as part of the exhibition Food for Being Looked At in the Photographer's Gallery, London. In 2018, her book Battleship Island was published by Dowie Lewis Publishing. Hi, I'm Makiko. I'm an international photographer and author. Thank you for inviting me to talk about what photography means to me. I got my first camera at the age of five. From then until ICP in New York in the 1990s, I was working with film photography and primary in black and white. Then everything has been changed. I had a brief gap for maternity leave and when I came back, a big shift from film photography to digital. So there is no need for darkroom, which I, I used to be familiar with. Then the people started using editing software such as Photoshop and the internet access has been widely spread. This has had a profound impact because photography is more everyday than before and producing photography doesn't incur as much as effort as it used to. Then the smartphone and Instagram culture is infiltrated in general public, especially in the relatively younger generations all over the world and in real time. There are basically millions of photographers amateurs, enthusiasts, professionals, all kinds of photographers out there. But my approach is unchanged because I usually focus on creating my original photography. I'm not interested in other people's photos or trends, what's hot in the market. My principle stays the same. And Daido Moriyama happened to comment on my photo book, Battleship Island, saying uh, Makiko must have detached her emotion from the photographic objects first, then managed to position herself to the object as closely as possible. I consider my camera as part of my body, which necessitates to function as a photographer. For me, a camera is a tool to record what I like to describe, what I like to tell others, or what I like to leave behind. This enabled me to mechanically frame the moment I like to capture, put all my thoughts, which are often fragmented and chaotic, rather difficult to describe in writing, in, into one visual form and describe what I'm feeling or sensing from the environment visually. So the photography is a finished, photo, finished product as a result of action. What kind of work I do? I work mainly in black and white because I see things in monochrome. I create minimal or edge images Fund images, collective images, or silhouettes all express my unique view of the world. 
I'm often trying to create timeless images as well. I like add what I found from books as well. Publishing a photo book, putting all my project work into one piece of work, this requires lots of lots of energy and time. And interestingly, I was overwhelmed by the power of its existence because a book lasts forever. And, and I think I same thing apply to photography in collective or single format. Photography would last as long as it's good. Another thing I'd like to add is about exhibitions. From the moment I put my framed photography on the wall for exhibition, it seems to walk away with another life because no single work is viewed in the same way by others. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you, Makiko, for your uh, contribution this week. I think she covered all the bases there, didn't she? Things that we've been talking about in previous weeks. But also, I have to say, a number of things which I've been writing about also over the previous weeks. And um, I don't know why, but for some reason I felt um, a renewed interest in writing over the last um, couple of months. Don't know why that's come about, but it has. But during our conversation and during that writing, I've very much been talking about the idea of the photo book as an artifact, um, also about that idea of the exhibition and being aware of that idea of audience and visitor and audience and visitor engagement. Of course, narrative and storytelling is in there as well. But it's interesting for me to hear her talking about Instagram and smartphone photography, uh, digital photography, that idea of the digital revolution and so forth. Uh, what I call, which um, some may disagree with, um, the democratic nature of photography uh, today. And in fact, funnily enough, sort of following on from that and something that um, I've been writing about recently is that idea of so many images being on um, a smartphone being created by people who aren't photographers. I was listening to a radio uh, program recently in the car and um, they were talking about the amount of people who have between 20 to 40,000 images stored on their smartphones and actually um, needing to pay a lot more money for storage space when they buy new car, uh, new phones and so forth. Uh, to actually ensure that, that all of those images were not lost. A photographer also contacted me and said, well, you know what, I've got over 50,000 on mine. Um, but these people, apart from the person who contacted me, the people I was listening to on the radio, they're not photographers. In fact, one of them was a DJ and it was just a lot of different people phoning in and um, sharing their experience. What was interesting about that was that they they really were just sort of saying, well, you know, I'm documenting my life. I enjoy the process of taking these photographs, even though it was costing them each month to have that storage on their phone, that usage. I said, what Makiko is saying there also is exactly the same thing, is that idea of using photography as a documentary tool, a documentation of life, but that the imp uh, kind of uh, invention, the arrival of all of this um, these other ways of capturing image had not changed her 
from her original um, reason for existing as a photographer and also purely working in black and white. Again, that triggered something for me because I was talking recently to some photographers about the idea as to whether or not an image should be in colour or in black and white, which had already been created in colour. And I was questioning them as to why should this be in black and white? You know, what, what, what are the reasons? What's the logic? And of course, anybody listening to this podcast who used to work as an analogue photographer will be well aware that that was a decision that you made before you even picked up the camera to use it. The film you had with you, the, the film you'd purchased, the film you chose to put in the back of the camera was always going to dictate the way in which you created the image and the kind of image you created. If you were working in black and white, you were going to be looking for very different things through the viewfinder than you would have been if you'd have been working in colour, for example. I tried to explain to these photographers that actually seeing in black and white and seeing in colour are two very different things. It isn't just an aesthetic choice because by making it into black and white, it makes it look better or nicer. There's two words I don't really understand anyway. Um, better than what? Nicer than what? I'm not really sure. It's surely about what is appropriate for the image that's been created. Anyway, as always, um, the contributions when they come in spark off for me all sorts of um, thought processes. And as I always say, they come in and they run unedited. This week, uh, we've had Robert Hughes um, sponsoring the podcast. As I always say, no money changes hands. Um, it's just a sponsor sponsorship deal on the basis of wisdom knowledge and something to think about. So let's end this week's uh, episode with a few words from Robert. The greater the artist, the greater the doubt. Perfect confidence is granted to the less talented as a consolation prize. Take care. <laughs>